0: Good morning, I'm Peggy. I'm reading from 1 Timothy, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him, as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents for this is pleasing in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. And it's, uh, it's great to see you all here this morning. My name is Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Church, Kusan and uh, it's yeah, great to have you all here this morning. Good to see you. Um, by way of introduction, just a heads up, if you're new or you've never heard me preach before, I have a stutter, so just want to give you all a, a heads up on that, it'll kind of come in and out as uh, as we go, and it's not the fact that I was partying hardy last night, um, getting after it, bringing in the new year, um, yeah, happy new New year, um, it's just, yeah, it's good to, Good to be here together I was I was thinking about it this morning and just just uh, excited and glad to be here together with our church community i didn 't know what to expect or who to be here you know this morning so i 'm glad that we all could be. Thank you for those of you that moved up in, and in uh, it is It is helpful and um, and uh, yeah it 's just good. I, I did stay up till uh, new, new year brought in the new year um, on the east Coast in New York. so um, how many of you did stay up till Midnight Tucson time. Just so we know who can stand in solidarity together. One guy here, the guy on the drums up here, Jake, stayed up all night. He was DJing a youth uh, youth thing, a youth walk-in with another church that he um, was just helping out with there, staying up. So, man, crops to him. Um, all night. Where are you, Jake? I'm going to be looking at you all sermon. See if you're with us the whole time. But, no, I, um, I stayed up. I went to bed at about 10 45 and then I heard my kids counting down to bring in the new year and woke up and looked at my clock and it was 11 o'clock so they were counting down for like New Orleans new year and then again for Tucson new year and I don't and I heard that one as well. And uh, I don't know if they stayed up for like L.A.'s, you know, New Year, but um, it was good though, good to, good again to be here. So this morning, um, we're going to get into our time together, and um, as uh, Alex said, we're going to be in Acts beginning next week. I'm really excited about that for the whole year, we're going to be, um, almost the whole year, we're going to be in, in Acts together, um, talking about the early church and, and then um, God's work in and among His people, and yet... Today we have kind of a standalone sermon that i 'm also really excited about. I think it'll hit us all really where we, where we are we're talking about what it means to be um, f- family, the, the people of God together relating and communing um, in, in, in uh, interacting with one another um, in all kinds of like you know, different generations, ages, um, ethnicities, genders, um, what it means to be god 's people living. Together, So if you'll go ahead and turn with me to 1 Timothy um, chapter 5, where we'll be this morning. And if you have a Bible, um, you can turn there or or in an app or or anything like that. If you don't have a Bible, would you uh, hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you a Bible. También si necesitas la Biblia en español y no tienes, levanta su mano y diga, uh, espanol si no es regalo a usted um, this is our gift to you. We want to make sure everyone has a Bible they can keep and understand in their own language um, also just a little heads up here i 've been um, working on i 've had a cold I got it a couple days before christmas and it 's on the way out but i 've got that random thank you they little a little uh, example. Somebody just coughed but i 've got that like that like uncontrollable little inadvertent sudden cough that just comes like mid-sentence. And if I have like a cough drop, it might come flying out into the audience. Um, no promises, but that's where we're at this morning. And I've got this neat little combo going of cold medicine and caffeine working together. So hey, you, those of you who came here this morning, you're in for a treat, right? There's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth. Um <laughs> Words wise or otherwise, but uh, uh, no, it's good to be together. Amen. Uh, let the words of our mouths and my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in uh, God's sight, uh, Lord our strength and our Redeemer. And um, you know where, where, where we're going to be. Just a quick heads up here before I pray and we get into it together. Is First Timothy is um, it, it, Timothy is a young man and Paul the. Uh, p- 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 Apostle Paul, um, who's kind of mentoring Timothy as a young man, a young um, church planter and influencer. And there are young churches, a lot like ours, young churches popping up in diverse communities. And, and so Paul is writing on how God's people are to function together. And you see that in the very beginning in 1 Timothy. He, um, some, some words are used in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He'll use different language. And even in in verse 15 there, you can see he's referring to the household of God. And he'll use that language quite a bit. And so again, right now, as we get into our time together, we need to think along the framework of of a, a household. And in our day we think of like household as you know mom dad you know 2.5 kids cat dog whatever and and that's like that's a household but in this time and and in God's design household was really there's there's a, a there's a term the paterfamilias and that's the the family under the headship of God that his people would function and relate together and that include like you know servants and housekeepers and and gardeners and kind of the whole deal was the family of God interacting and relating together. So as we get into our time here together, we're, we're, we're um, talking about how we relate and function together as God's people, as a family, a community, or again, a household under his authority and oversight. Okay, So that's really where we're looking at. And I'm excited um, to dive into these, these, these few verses together to talk about what it looks like for us. Older, younger, uh, single, w- w- widowed, and yes, even dating, relationships, um and we're going to hit on some of these things this morning. Just talk about what does it look like to honor God and love one another as we relate together. So uh, I think, think it will be a good time for us. So let's, uh, let's pray as we get into God's word and ask him to shape us together. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for everyone who's here. Um, and thank you that, uh, that we get to kick off this um, new year, Lord, together, um, talking about what it means to relate with one another. In um, a time where we talk a lot about um, how i 'm going to change myself, and we think through very individualistic l- l- lenses, I pray that this morning, through your help, we would see the bigger picture of community and how we relate with each other and with people um, not quite like us and in different pages um, than the ones that we're in. So we're excited to see you shape us. Um, we know that the grass withers and the, glower, and the flowers fade, but the, the word of our God endures forever. So uh, we're, we're, we're excited to see what you have in store for us this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, kicking right off there in, in, um, in, in verse 1 of chapter 5, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. So so Paul the author here is talking to Timothy who's a young man about how to relate with older people. And you might look around here and be like there aren't that many of those here in this room right now or if you go here can Continually, you know, we often have a heavy kind of college age demographic and young family, young young people demographic, a- and yet um, even early on here in, 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 in the beginning of the church, you see that God's plan is for is not to have these churches that are like oh that's a young people church and that's older people church is north of r- r- River and you know right around here downtown is where all the young people are and I don't even know what that even means but. Um, you know, this is the the heart. Our heart as a church is that we would not be a monolithic community and that, and that um, we would we would reflect the diversity of God and the people that he's called to be to come together and that we need one another and a couple of w- um, w- weeks ago Jared um, uh, preached on 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 Simeon and and he, and he talked about how God uses older people and how an unlikely person where, uh, you know who didn't expect God to work through him and he praised God and and he, and he just did an incredible job encouraging and calling out and talking to to the older people in our community. I just want to tell you, you belong here and we want you to be here. And if if you have gray hair or no hair and um you know that's like not by choice and, and you're and you're and you you look around and you're like, I don't know if this is for me, like we want you here. Bring your friends and you know um, invest in the younger generations. God's God's call for his people is to have older people pouring in to younger people. And so you see on the flip side, though, you see here where he says, um, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him in or or exhort him and and so this doesn't mean if you're older like I was on an elder team one time where where this one older guy just assumed because he was older and had gray hair that he just knew everything and that he could just kind of that that his own character and walk with God didn't really matter because he's like hey I've been around the block a couple times you guys are young I I I have some some uh you know some wisdom that you need and didn't really focus on his own walk with God and so even here you see that Paul is telling Timothy no no invest in in the older people okay discipleship growing in Christ likeness and growing in what it means to be a follower of Jesus is necessary for for all of us whatever our age or our demographic or or you know wherever we are but but um do it with with honor and humility and that those words go hand in hand there, and you see it used a lot throughout this whole chapter of, of, of um, um, honoring. Honoring older people, and older people honoring younger people, and honoring widows. And, and, and so this, this idea of honor, honor older people. And um, let me share with you a, a scripture, again, if you're older, or and, and everyone in here is older than someone. Okay, so this isn't just like we've got youth. We're praying for more and more youth. We're actually going to be starting a youth RC, Redemption Community. Um, Yeah, let's give a little shout out for that. I heard a couple whoops. Um, Yeah, we're really excited in January to be um, starting a a community group that's geared toward praying for and and longing for seeing youth um, raised up. And there's a desperate need in our city here in in that way. And so so investing in the next generation younger than you. And so in, um, in Proverbs chapter 22, the author there says, teach a youth about the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Invest in the people younger than you. Again, if you're older here, don't check out don't like think, oh, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go play golf. I'm going to go be, I'm going to get a c- c- country club and just do that and not invest in the generations after me. And we'll get to, you you, you know, you, you younger people here in a minute because I know we can or they, I don't know really where I fit, fit in this whole deal. But um, I have an identity crisis going on there. But um you know, younger people can pretend like, oh, I don't have anything to learn. I don't, I don't need to learn from anyone older than me. But on the flip side, older people can just kind of check out and be gone. But you see an incredible charge there to invest, leave a l- 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 legacy I, um, invest in the people after you, like, you know, raise them up in the ways you should go. They will not depart from it. What a beautiful picture to see a young church plant um, like our own here having older people investing and raising up others. And then, you know, down the road, that being carried on and passing on what God has done and has, and has, and has taught us to generations that are to come. So again, don't check out. We need you. We love you. Um, Invite older people to be here. Younger people will get to us in a moment here, but this is not just like we need to go out of our way to to say welcome and and, um, what does it look like to honor um, older people like fathers and like mothers. And again, this whole context, though, is Timothy is a young man. And so so what does it look like to be a younger person in a younger context? What does it look like to relate with older people? What does it look like to, um, again, I I said I'm in kind of an in-between here. Like some of you look at me and you're like, you're not young. And I use phrases and say things and I talk about not staying up till midnight on New Year's and you're like, You're not young at all, and um, I again, and I, and yet other people, I've I've used phrases, and you're like, I don't know, you're not, you're a young man, you're not old, and I've got gray hair. I grow out my beard here to keep the gray hair, so um, you know you can relate with me. All of you, you know, Um, but uh, but the but again, there there's there's incredible opportunity for younger people. And I love the fact that we have a younger church. I don't want to bemoan the fact that there aren't a lot of older people here. I love that God has raised up that we're right near the U of A, and we have a huge college age demographic, and it's it's a great thing. But there's a there's there's there are warnings and liabilities as well. In fact, in um just a, a chapter before, in chapter four, um there's a, a an encouragement to Timothy, and yet also somewhat of a. Warning there in chapter four verse twelve it says let no one despise you for your youth but set the believers an example in speech and conduct in love in faith in purity. Okay, so on the one hand, don't 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 apologize for the fact that you're young. Don't say, oh I'm young. I have nothing to give. I can't lead anyone. I can't influence anyone. I can't mentor anyone older than me. I don't have anything to give because I'm younger. Don't Apologize for that fact. Don't let anyone look down on you for your youth. But also, um, understand your liabilities. Set an example in your speech and your conduct and your behavior. Don't, don't just use that as an excuse. All right? Don't, and so there, there are warnings here in, 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 that, that the author Paul is, is, is giving to Timothy that I need to take to heart. That we as a church, as a community, need to take to heart. And not just say, well, we're young, you know, we can just do this stuff and kind of have a, have a you know, forget everyone else kind of mentality. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to be edgy. We're going to, you know, we're going to be counterculture, authentic, organic, you know, whatever kind of phrases are used. And, you know, forget everyone else. Or, you know, we don't have anything to learn from older generations. There's a, I'm not going to have, well, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 10, but if not, you can, I'm not going to have it up here on the screen, but let me walk you through a story that I think gets it, the vulnerability and the liability that we have as young people and as a young church. Okay, and, and so again, as we get in earlier or here in a minute, we're going to talk about relationships and dating and different you know men and women relationships and all these things, and again, a lot of younger people can have this kind of posture that's like i don't, I don't need to learn from anyone older than me or in a different, anyone who's been before me. Well, let us learn from israel okay so the, kind of the, 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 the quick backstory goes like this, right there was one time period in um, Israel's whole history where there, were, where there were kings over Israel. And there was, there was King Saul, and then God raised up Th- David, King David, right? Through him, through his line, Jesus came. He was about a thousand years before the time of Jesus. And so there's King David, and then his son, King Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. And then right after Solomon, there was this question of what's going to happen to God's people and, and 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 let me just kind of tell you early on, it didn't go very well, and so so Second Chronicles chapter ten kind of tells that story of how it all fell apart. And this is an inc- this is a, a, a picture of youth and youthful pride and youthful arrogance because what happened in that day is um is 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 kings would go to the elders in the town, and all kinds of younger people would go to the elders, and typically the elders would sit at the gates right, playing Parcheesi and craps and, you know, smoking cigars and doing their thing. But they're hanging out there and they're available for the town to come, okay, for young people. Again, they're not off playing golf and shuffleboard out in their country clubs. They're doing that, yes, but still where the people could access them, okay. So bring your shuffleboard and your Parcheesi here, okay. Come here, bring it, and then but still keep your doors open for younger people to come. And so, so the, the elders were accessible, and so Solomon, as we'll see in a moment, would go before the elders and would seek wisdom. And I think there's, it's no coincidence that he was the wisest man who ever lived and that he continually went before the elders and sought wisdom. And he asked God to give him wisdom, and God provided that in many ways through relationship with older people who had gone before him, who loved God and loved others, who didn't just kick aside the, the upcoming genera- generations, but invested in them. And so here's what happens in verse 6. The next king, um, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, took counsel with the old man who stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive. So the whole kingdom was was together at this time, was all one. And then this upcoming king, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, is like... I don't know how I should treat these people. I'm worried they're not going to respect me like they respected my dad, and I think he was too weak with them, and I need to be stronger, and how am I going to lead going forward? And so he goes before these elders and he says, you know, what do you think I should do? And they give him this in verse 7. They said, "In, in essence, be good and kind, and they will be your servants forever. It's like, hey, don't go with what your, your gut says, be stronger, kind of you have something to prove and somebody to impress, right? We say a lot of times here, we have nothing to prove and nobody to impress because of, of the favor we have with God through faith in Jesus that we have nothing to prove. Yet young people... Short people, like me, you know, whoever, we often, we feel like we have something to prove, right? We all, and, and we, we've got to assert ourselves, and we've got to, we've, we, we've got to kind of step on people below us and pull people down so we can make something of ourselves. And the wisdom of these older people is, no, 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 listen, be kind. Be kind, go against what your gut is saying. And yet, listen in this tragically in verse 8 of uh, Second Chronicles chapter ten. It says this: But he abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him, and he took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. So he's like, "Yeah, thanks for that wisdom, older people. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna look, look, l- listen what all my boys are telling me." All the guys like my same age with my same insecurities and my same problems, the other people who don't know the same things I don't know, I'm going to listen to them who tell me what I want to hear, and I'm going to avoid the wisdom from the, the, the elders. And I'll just tell you like all hell broke loose. He, he did this, he, 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 he kind of, you know, youthful pride took over and he asserted himself and, and, and Israel was divided and murder took place and all kinds of horrible things and disembodiment, if you can read it there on your own and it's really ugly and basically God's people were always in this broken state struggling from that point on, again leading up to the desperate need for God to restore through Jesus. But you see youthful arrogance and pride there, and, and I think in our in our day we need to be um, a, a, aware of the of the need for one another. Okay, this when we talk about older people here, and I kind of joke about it and gray hair and no hair and all these things, it's not just to you know have fun, and it's not just like in um, you know add on. For our church. Like, God, it'd be really cool. In the same way that we talk about socioeconomic diversity, ethnic diversity, that God would shape us as a people together as His people and, and, and generational diversity, this isn't just like a neat add on for the church that we're praying for. It's necessary, amen. Well, it, it, to be the people God is calling us to be, to be the household of God, we need to recognize our desperate need for one another, older and younger. Not looking down on those younger than us, not dismissing those older than us, but, 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 but moving toward one another and understanding God's provision through others not like us. And that continues on, this theme of those not like us, in, or those that maybe struggle to wonder where they fit in, verse, in verses 3 and four, and then all the way through through verse like sixteen, but I 'll just read verses three and four here, he talks about w- now w- widows, honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents for this is pleasing. In the sight of God, now this is a bl- slightly different in our context of w- w- widows kay? in their day, they had w- widows who were marginalized and different widows of different types is really He goes on and talks a lot about this that Greek w- widows and Jewish w- widows and different ones who were younger when they were w- widowed or older, and all these different things. but the, the big idea though that he gets at is care for those. Who aren't sure if they have a place in your community, and he says, first, if there is a family there who believes in God and who and who has given their lives to to Him and are and are caring for others in the community, then then let them care for the the, the, the widowed among them, but 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 do so in the context of community, and so I was like thinking about this: who does this? Fit, fit into in our day um many of you know that my mom um as of a couple years ago moved in with my f- family and if you haven't met my mom or you're here before you will at some point um she's not here right now she's in san diego but i love my mom Um, just kind of full disclosure here, kind of smaller, more intimate setting. Um, My mom has early stage dementia. Some of you are like, that's making more sense now. And maybe you've never met her and she acted like she's known you forever. Or you've met her multiple times and she introduced herself. But she's really extroverted and outgoing and godly, loving woman, an incredible part of our family. And, And yet, just again, candidly, it's not always easy. Um, and yet we love the fact that God has called us in our family to uh, to care for the broader context of our family. For my mom, who's not technically widowed, but has lived a hard life, has been divorced a couple times. And um, by God's grace, his, his his now trusted in him and, and and God's restoring what has been broken. And we get to be a part of that picture and our community gets to be a, <coughs> a part of that picture. And our, our redemption community and our here at church and we know that sometimes she'll say things and we kind of have these conversations with other p- people and that's a beautiful picture of God really calling the otherwise marginalized and outcasts and so I pray that we as a community as a church community could, 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 could do the hard work of, of asking like God who, who are we called to invest in where are we called to open the parameters up of our family and say, yeah, maybe we we are, and we live in a culture right now. I just want that really candidly is like it should look like this, and you have to have an Instagram worthy family that's like you know everything looks neat and clean and filtered and perfect and pretty and 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 sometimes it's not sometimes there should be i i would love it if we looked at you know our 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 families and 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 our pictures and said man that doesn't all make sense like at first glance but let me hear a little bit more of that story okay as we get in here in a moment i think another context and group in our day is like single people a lot of times in kind of evangelical American church, there's this question for some of like, where do single people fit in? You know, is it like a social disease? Why are you single? Are you, oh, surely surely you want to be married. Like you're just dying. You're every social gathering you go to, you're just looking to hook up and find somebody to get married to. And some people are like, no, I'm. I this is my choice. I want to be in this place right now. And um, I have options, you know, thank you. But I've, you know, like... And at the same time, there's, there's, there's difficulty and struggle. And we don't, again, there's such, we're a multifaceted people that need to move toward one another to understand our stories. Okay, wherever we're at, again, older, younger, widowed, divorced, struggling, broken, healing, single, Okay, just like let's pull back the kind of the neat little wrapping and admit the reality of our world and our community and, and, and kind of leave opportunity for God to, 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 to bring something beautiful among us. Okay, we don't know what's going on in, our, in, in the people next to us and around us. Why are we in the places we're in? Okay, so much of us, so much of our tendency right now is to, is to kind of pull away and to keep everything kind of quiet and safe. But there are people among us who have stories. Stories, again, of divorce, of struggle, of loss, of death, of um, same-sex attraction, of uh, sexual abuse. Of, 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 of different reasons, again, of, of choice, of calling, of what God has called and led us to, and yet we just have these blanket assumptions, and, and, and we don't know these things, and, and yet God has called us to be a people, a household that comes together with all our mess, with all our, with all our good, with all our struggle, with all our hope, with all, our, all of God's creative work in us that's, that's forming us together to reflect him. God said, let us make man in our image. And yet we said, thanks, but no thanks. And right there, right away, disunity and brokenness came in our relationship with God and with one another. And so the good news of Jesus coming together is to restore us individually in our relationship with God and communally in our relationship with, with each other as a family of God. And, and so we can't, we, I think we're missing out if we try to keep it all neat and pretty and we don't move toward one another. And the r- r- reality is, is that in the same way that Jesus sacrificed for us, as you look at the cross here, that's the picture of Sacrifice. That God demonstrates his love for us that while we're yet sinners, enemies, Christ died for us. That God the Father sent his son to die for us so that we could be a family. So that you and I, though we're enemies of God, the Father said, I want you to call me daddy. I want you to be to be son and daughter. And so he calls us to put our faith in him. And so he doesn't just do that from afar, but he sacrifices and he sends his son. And he says, you can call me daddy because I send my only son to die in your place so that through him now you can be restored and so that you can have, have a heavenly father who knows you and loves you and accepts you and have a big brother who paves the way and says, come with me as I go to the father. I will never leave you or forsake you. I had some older brothers. They never said that to me. No, they always have my back, but but Jesus does even more. And he says, he says, I'll never leave you. And then when Jesus is praying to the Father through the Holy Spirit, he says, he says, I pray for them that they may be one just as we are one so that you and I could be family, so that we could be brother, sister, restored together, mother, father, coming alongside one another. And it takes sacrifice. Okay? So singles, it can't always be late night wine and cheese and record, you know, parties and just being cool and, you know, smoking cloves and being hip and talking about waxing your beard and whatever it is and all the, and, you know, older people, they like, can't be all about like, Sorry, I got to go to bed. You know, I got to put my kids to bed at, you know, 715 and sorry, I can't stay out till 730 because heaven forbid, I've got a a schedule and a ritual and I got to do this or the older people, right? Like I got to watch Matlock or whatever it is like, (laughs) okay, we need to sacrifice a little bit for one another. Hey, we need to give a little bit and say, "Yeah, I can. I can break my norm and go and get to know someone not like me." Or, "Okay, I can. I can go eat a, an actual normal dinner around a around an actual t- table at a normal time of day." You know, younger people. I can. I can. I can flex a bit and you know whatever. Like we need to sacrifice for one another and get to know one another. Amen. We need each other. I love just this, these, these, these brief words again. Encourage an older man like you would a father. Treat younger men like brothers, older women like mothers, younger women like sisters in all purity. And then that word honor there. Honoring widows, honoring one another. Before we get into dating, we're going to kind of wrap it up in that point. I want to talk a little bit about another area. I kind of saved the two kind of biggest struggles, I think, for last. Is ways we struggle with one another in a huge way is in um, men-women relationships. And kind of non-intimate, non-romantic, platonic relationships. We, we struggle in the church, in the evangelical church today. I know I kind of, I met my wife and met some of you and different people and a lot of us here were in different like, you know, kind of college and ministry type groups and a lot of really good things happen there, but also a lot of really weird and awkward things happen and kind of set, you know, cultures that can just be weird. And honestly, the way men and women relate with one another, I think is really broken in a lot of ways within the church. Because a lot of us don't know how to be brotherly to other women that aren't our wives or our potential pursuits. And so we don't know how to do it. and we're like, all right, I don't know how, you know, side hug, high five, what, you know, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, and we just kind of, and, and I think, I think a lot of it is an overreaction to the kind of sexualization of our culture that makes, that that we've given so much into over-sexualization and pornography and kind of Hollywood's, you know, picture of how men and women should relate. And we're like, well, I don't want to be that. I know that's not healthy within the church. And again, we'll get to that in a minute with the way we date and different relationships like that. But we overreact and so we go like, oh, I don't want to have any kind of relationship, any kind of platonic healthy brother-sister relationship with someone of the opposite sex and it's to our disadvantage and hear me i think it dishonors our father in fact a good friend of mine danae pierre a gal who leads he's the executive director of the surge network some of you guys know that we it's a it's a it's a curriculum that we that we do here as a church it's a year-long curriculum curriculum and she her um her husband is is the lead pastor of um, Roosevelt um, Church in downtown Phoenix, and and he's a great guy, and I know and love them as a as a family and as a couple. And she was courageous enough to write um, a blog or an article that I would encourage you. I'll actually probably. Posted in our midweek email that we send out, but um, she basically wrote, "How do we answer this problem that we're in?" Because historically, the answer has been just to set up policies. She's predominantly in, in this article addressing pastors who are avoiding affairs and things like that, which is a good thing to avoid. Okay, and, and she's and she and she writes this blog, and I don't want to make make light of that or joke about that. It's like that's a. Terrible reality in our world today, within the church and outside the church, is, is brokenness in this way. And so we need to address that. But a lot of, like, pastors specifically, but other people, again, have overreacted and said, Well, they're the problem. I need to just stay away from everyone else and not recognize, like, what he even said earlier. No, the problem is here in my own heart. And so she says, Well, then, what is the answer? And here's what she writes. She says the answer is not a blanket legalistic rule that protects you from all womankind, thereby dehumanizing and objectifying us as a people who godly men need to be protected from. The real answer is to love one another with a deeper brotherly love. The problem between men and women in the church is not infidelity. The problem is not cultivating this brother sister relationship within the church body. The answer to lust or any battle with sin is not to protect ourselves legalistically from each other, but to beg the Spirit to give us a deeper, more profound love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. What a picture! What would it look like for us not to awkwardly stay away from one another, again, in, in a right pursuit of avoiding sin and fighting against sin, but to say, no, the, I need my heart to be changed. I need, I need healing in my own heart. And, and God, would you, would you give me new eyes? Would you give me a new heart to see men and women as brothers and sisters in all purity, moving toward them? What a beautiful picture of us functioning and thriving together some of you guys know annie who's um <laughs> who's uh who's who, who who leads our children's ministry well my well, wife and i have known her since she was like 14 years old and it's a really cool picture my kids call her aunt annie and she comes to holidays when she's here in town and my in-laws are here and they saw her and they hugged her and said annie how are you and they and she's kind of become like a part of our of our our family or this family christmas eve and another couple that as a young man an 18 year old young man his name's dan now lives in san francisco he's in his early 30s and his new wife and him came and spent christmas with us because they have different things going on in their extended family and we're like family with them and and my wife's relationship with him from the very beginning was like a brother and he came over and we joked with him about his s- s- stinky feet when he'd leave his shoes by our door and we talked to him about how to wash laundry and other things that young single guys need to learn how to do and um you know these kinds of things and it's it's a and when he got married in different contexts we've 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 wept had tears of joy and tears of sadness alongside one another and my wife and him have such a brotherly relationship and it's amazing and good and 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 I pray that we would have that kind of relationship with one another, older, younger Men, women, relating with one another. Having our brokenness and our wounds healed by the good news of Jesus working in us and among us. Amen? That's an exciting picture for us. And here's the deal, too. I think that's a compelling picture to the world around us because that's counterintuitive. That's not normal. That's not the the story or the picture that we're we're being inundated with from elsewhere. But men treating... Women as sisters and honoring one another—that's that's that's good. That's different. That's God glorifying. That's that's Jesus. That's the gospel. It's the good news. And now some of you are like, "Yeah, what if I treat my sister in a way though that I really want her to also be my girlfriend?" Now now what? So okay, we'll get into that together. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Okay, honoring younger women like sisters. And again, I think we're in a place here where I don't think the church, specifically our church, has done very well in our dating culture. Okay? I don't, in fact, I know a lot of our younger folks are not here, so you can, you know, pass this sermon along here, share it along with people. Um, I'm glad some of you are here because I think dating, I think we have two equal and opposite problems going on here. We've got some that don't take it seriously enough and some that take it a little too seriously. Okay, here's the deal. Not taking it too seriously enough. I think in our dating culture, we do have a hookup, shack up, kind of move along kind of culture. A, a lot of us have, have been shaped by, by what we see on TV, by what we see in our friends and our neighbors and our surrounding culture. And we just have this kind of whatever's good for me mentality, and we treat one another um, in order for what's best for me. We kind of, you know, hook up, shack up, throw one another to the curb, and it's wicked and broken and evil. You don't understand that God's design and picture for men and women coming together in brotherly and sisterly love and relationship with one another. And then from there, if he fosters an intimacy that moves into husband and wife and moves on a journey in that direction, it's always to honor God and to honor one another and to glorify him and never to to bring up shame and and to bring up guilt and to and to awaken pleasure before its time and to use one another for 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 instant satisfaction and gratification and then to move on and then to bring that baggage into marriage and and to have that and we do a lot of pre-marriage counseling and 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 a lot of it is is man we need to understand how serious this is okay if you're single here look at me this is very serious, okay? You are are made in God's image. You 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 he delights in you. He knows every number of hair hairs on your head. Don't give your heart away. Don't give your body away flippantly. Take it seriously. Okay, you you are beautifully and wonderfully made, and God has a plan and a purpose for what it looks like for you to come together one day, potentially, if he calls you into a marriage relationship, take it seriously. Okay, it's a good thing. Again, don't I pray that we wouldn't let pornography and over sexualization define us. And sometimes we just do it and we don't even think about it. Now, on the flip side, hear me. So you're like, all right, that was a Good sale. Now, how can we take it too seriously? Well, here's the deal. I think we still l- l- let it define us by overreacting and by not living out the freedom of the Holy Spirit sent to indwell us and to define how we relate with one another. Okay? So some of you guys take it so seriously that you, you create these boundaries. And I heard this image, I, I, and I hope this is helpful for you. A lot of us, and I think right here, I'm looking at some of you guys. Okay, I'm going to start calling out names here if I don't. Like... <laughs> You, you treat dating like it's like a, a, like a coloring, like you're coloring on a page in a coloring book, and you got to keep within the lines. And you're like, oh, don't go out of that line. That's, oh, this is how it has to be, and it has to look this way. And, and oh, 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 don't get out of line there. And like God's given you this, this little, you know, black and white picture that you just kind of c- c- color in, and it looks the same as everyone else's. And so you're bound, and you're like, ah, I don't want to mess up. i got to get it just right. And so you're frozen, and so you don't ask out the person, like, in the road next to you or behind you, right? Like, again, I'm going to call some of you out here. No, I'm not going to. Don't worry. But I should. If I have to preach on this again, I'm going okay? to. Okay? We need to grow. We need some dating going on here in our church, some healthy dating, because it's, it's more like this. God has given us, um, like, a canvas, right? And it's not just, right? a canvas has boundaries. You don't just like color off and all over the place and throw, right? That's back over here, what I was talking about. Unhealthy perspective and not taking it seriously enough. He's given us a canvas and he's given us the, the right tools and material. And he says, do it this way. Honor me, honor others, okay? Do it for God's glory and the good of others. Um, don't just be, don't be crazy. Do it in these, in this kind of framework, but be creative. Okay, if God, however God's wired you, okay, live that way. Know yourself. Take a chance. Get to know someone else. You can ask someone out to coffee. I'm challenging you. Ask someone out to coffee or to whatever other activity, you know, young people today are doing and and, and do that. And it could be to get to know your brother or sister in Christ and then maybe to take it on from there. okay. Women, let me just talk to you a little bit here, ladies. Like, you can settle down a little bit. A brother, a guy encouraging you, saying hi, how are you, noticing you, doesn't necessarily mean he's taking you to, you know, put a ring on it. And he wants to try, you know, go, go look at jewelry and go pick out china together. And you can just be like, you can, you know, take him at his word and just kind of be like, all right, I don't know where he's at here, but I kind of like this guy. And, and you can initiate too. It's all right to ask, all right? Some of you are wondering. I think it is. You can just say, hey, I've noticed you've given me a lot of attention. And if you're all right doing this, just say, what, what's, what, are, you, what are your intentions? Man, put it in guy's court. I can tell you any guy will be shaking if you ask him that. And and he just needs to respond and be just man up and be like, well, here's his. Here's where I'm at. Guys, just ask, okay? It, it doesn't mean that you're going to take him out to pick out China. If you ask him out to coffee or to go whatever, hit golf balls or go for a hike or, again, whatever it is, like, just say, I want. I'd love to get to know you. It could look a little like this. Hey, would you like to go out to you know get something to drink with me? I'd love to hang out sometime. You know, get to know you. Yeah, sure. No, nut you're. That's it. That's the end of the commitment. You're going to hang out together. You ask them. Okay, cool. Hey, it's going well. At the end of this, say it's not gonna go any further than. that. Hey, thanks so much. It was a lot of fun getting to know you. Um, all is. I'll see you at church I'll see you at community, whatever, and you both know and you're at like, okay, that's where it ended all right I guess' that's, that's cool or you know a be clear, okay, guys and gals, be clear, ask questions if it's not clear enough. don't play games with each other, but it could look like, hey, you know maybe we could do this again. I, I was God worked in my relationship in spite of me in a lot of ways. Okay, my, I am blessed to have a wife of almost 15 years now and four kids, and man, I was interested in her for like a year before I finally told her And a lot of this was because I took it too seriously, I thought. And again, by God's grace, he worked in really cool ways, and it was all great. But a lot of it, too, was me thinking, i got to get it just right here. And and like a year went on, and then I was finally like, I'm going to tell her. And all my friends did not set me up well. I was like that guy earlier talking to all his boys, not pursuing the older men with wisdom. And all my friends were like, dude, she's going to be all about you and all this stuff. Like, i seen how she looks at you, and... So I finally told her, and we were walking around her dorm here at the U of A. We were walking around La Paz, and, you know, we like lapped it once, and then twice, and three, like four times, and I finally, and it wasn't just because of my speech impediment. Okay, that was part of it, but... I was nervous, and I didn't know, and I kind of asked her out, but I even I wanted, I wanted did it in such a way where I was like, I want to honor your heart and guard your heart. And all of so a sudden, she's like, what does that even mean? And I kind of asked her, like, can I pursue you? And she's like, I don't even know what you're asking. So I walked away confused. She was confused. Thankfully, God, you know, worked amidst my stupidity, and it was really good, um, ultimately. And she was like, I don't even know what you just asked, but... I don't know. I'm not going to answer because you weren't clear. And that's what I get. But move toward one another. Okay? Take a chance. right? Action points. Some of you, ask somebody out. (laughs) Go on a date. (laughs) Say yes. Okay? Put yourself out there. But honestly, broader for all of us here in our community, um, let's sacrifice for each other. Get to know one another. Um, older, younger, ask someone over for dinner. Okay, like what a beautiful picture. Again, in response to Jesus, our big brother, sent from the Father to lay down his life so that we could be called sons and daughters and brothers and sisters so we can follow Jesus and be his restored people together, sacrificing for one another, laying ourselves down for each other. What, just, just picture with me Right, uh, an, an older couple investing in a younger couple, and also investing in, in, in some singles who are investing in the high school or junior high age children of that older couple, who are investing in the you know younger kids of those younger couples, who are who are who are who are, who are coming alongside the the singles and have these, just this incredible picture of God working and investing and pouring in one another through this kind of relationships. I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to see God shape us as his family together in light of the good news of Jesus. Amen? Let me pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, I do thank you for, uh, for the family you've called us to be, the household you've, you've called us to be um, because of Jesus. As uh, again, as we kick off this year, Lord, may we not just think about ourselves and me, me, me and how I'm going to change myself. But Lord, let us lay our lives down for one another. Um, lord I know we've kind of made it l- joking a little bit here in light but I know there's there's realities we're all in throughout the Christmas season and even right now where there's brokenness there's struggle there's questioning there's hurt there's hope there's hopelessness lord let let us come together um, as one in all of our vulnerabilities and frailties and and gifts and and potential and and growth and and excitement and and, 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 and fear and ultimately love for one another because you first loved us. Um, we are your people and we respond right now um, uh, to Jesus and, and the good news that he has laid down his life so that uh, we can be called yours. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.